Welcome to the Read the Room podcast. I'm Chandler. (laughs) And I'm Alyssa. And we're the podcast about books, relationships, and the relationships in books. I feel like we finally got that one down. Yeah, that one sounded better than usual. We found our zone. We did. Now I can just take that audio clip and put it at the front of every single other one. Yeah. And there we go. That's smart. Um, Today we're talking about Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, But before we hop into that, do you want to talk about what you're actually reading right now in your personal life? What I am actually reading right now is called Crow Winter, a novel by Karen McBride. Um, It has got that, you know, indigenous mysticism that a lot of people know from uh, Eden Robinson, especially around here, because Eden Robinson is like a Vancouver area based writer um karen mcbride well this story at least takes place more in uh ontario i'm only well you know the land so-called ontario um but yeah i'm only i don't know like 30 40 pages in but i'm very much enjoying it and i'll keep you updated on how things go from here you go yeah what are you reading melissa um i wanted so i've been reading a lot lately so i have a few books that i could talk about um but i wanted to talk about the fourth wing i feel like did i talk about it already i don't think so i know that we have talked about it Yeah, i know i can't remember if we've talked about it or like we've talked about it on the podcast well just go for it again because uh you know if it's it's that good then and i want i want chandler to read it because he he borrowed it last time he was over um i want him to read it because i want to do an episode on it it's just that good but essentially fourth wing is um about a school for dragon riding that wasn't my best way of saying that yeah i don't think that you've (laughs) talked about this book before because i would have been like oh whoa dragon riding so it's kind of like um a mix of like the hunger games and divergent but with like game of thrones dragons it's like this girl she is supposed to be i can't remember what her original job was supposed to be sorry i've read like 15 books since this but um so you read it like two weeks ago then? <laughs> Literally. Um, but she is supposed to be, I want to say like, oh shit, this isn't going to be very good for you to use. Um, she. Okay, w- I'll just cut all of it. Yeah. I'll just voice over. Alyssa actually didn't <laughs> read any book no, this week. I did. My brain's just not working today. Um, anyways, she was supposed to have this other job in her world and she ends up becoming a dragon rider or going into the academy called the Fourth Wing, but you have to actually get through and survive the Fourth Wing to be a dragon rider and there's so many parts of it, like a dragon actually has to choose you and then they all have like their own society of dragons as well, so there's like a double play political stand a so, story there hold up though so like you have to survive getting through the fourth wing and part of it is you have to get chosen by it. what if no dragon chooses then you? you aren't in the fourth wing but do you die or? i don't think you die you just can't do that i don't know what you would do it's it like, would oh, almost loser, be like no dragon wants you. when they like are uh, this this is how i read it i don't know if this is fact but i assume that they become factionless but like uh, that version okay. of like the fourth dragonless wing. I hope that nobody who's like a huge fan hears this because I'm butchering this so badly. Um, but no, it's so good. The girl, the main character's name is Violet or Violence, as some people may call her. But it's it's good. It's steamy. It's well written. It's honestly, I was addicted from the very first like page. I was in it. It was one of those. I had it recommended by uh, my neighbor and friend Carly. Um, and I definitely recommend that you also read it. Um, the next book, Iron flame is coming out in less than a month oh yes i remember these books and it yeah. is a 
gorgeous book too. It's so pretty. Um, I'm. I honestly think I'm going to reread it um, at the end of this month just to prepare for the next book coming out because clearly I'm having trouble remembering it. So, but I all I can tell you guys is it's worth it. It's worth your time. It's worth the chonker of the book. It is. And there's another one coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, we're saying now, but this episode will probably go. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this episode will come out closer to when, like, the release of that book probably com- comes out. I don't know. We it comes out November out 7th or November 4th, I think. Scheduling. Um, do you want to do a quick synopsis or do you want me to? Right. Okay, can you Malibu, read? August 1983. It's the day of Nina Riva's annual end of summer party. And anticipation is at a fever pitch. Everyone wants to be around the famous Riva, Nina. Oh, famous Rivas, plural. Nina, the talented surfer and supermodel. Brothers Jay and Hud, one champ- a championship surfer, the other a renowned photographer, and their adored baby sister, Kit. Together, the siblings are a source of fascination in Malibu and the world over, especially as the offspring of the legendary singer Mick Riva. Riva? Riva. Riva. Mm-hmm. Mick Riva. I never listened to audiobooks, so I never know the pronunciation of anything. Aww. The only person not looking forward to the party of the year is Nina herself, who never wanted to be the center of attention and who has also just been very publicly abandoned by her pro tennis playing husband. Professional tennis playing husband, not a husband that's just like really pro tennis. Um, Oh, and maybe Hud, because it's long past time for him to confess something to the brother from whom he's been inseparable since birth. Jay, on the other hand, is counting the minutes until nightfall when the girl he can't stop thinking about promise she'll be there and kit has a couple of secrets of her own including a guest she invited without consulting anyone by midnight the party will be completely out of control by morning the riva mansion will have gone up in flames but before that first spark in the early hours before dawn the alcohol will flow the music will play and the loves and secrets that shape this family's generations will all come rising to the surface that is from uh, penguin random house the, the re- review or just the synopsis, synopsis. Yeah. yeah thank you to penguin random house for sponsoring <laughs> for this oh my God. uh this is like the first book that it doesn't have like um a character's name of the core four yeah like a full name like evelyn hugo daisy jones and, and carrie soto yeah this is, one's just malibu rising is carrie soto carrie soto carrie soto is back or yeah, it's yeah. just carrie soto carrie soto is oh, back okay. yeah um, so, but before, anyways, what did you actually think of Malibu Ride, Rising? I can't talk. I think it was my, like, I think it says something that it was my least favorite and I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I think that I just, I had a hard time empathizing with the main four characters in some ways, um, especially cause like when they're first presented, it's like, Hey, look at these like hot young surfer family people yeah. who are like rich and like their big issue is they're throwing a party and they, you know there's a lot of stuff going on um but then when it gets into the backstory of how they got there and mm-hmm. like you know coming from more humble beginnings um i'm actually one of four siblings myself mm-hmm. um i'm there's three boys and a girl so not quite uh, quite lining up there but i definitely understand the uh, those those old family dynamics mm-hmm. And God, I could only imagine how, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but just how wild it would have been if when my older brother was like 17, if we just like didn't have parents and just had to make things work. You weren't the oldest though. No, no. 
Yeah. Older brother, me, younger sister, younger brother. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All, all within a few years, though. So, you know, pretty close to the, yeah. the spread. What did you rate the book? What did I rate the book? Yeah. I would assume four stars. Yeah, that's, your, that's a regular what did person's you, what five What did you star. rate the book? I rate, I rate it. I've, wow. I've rated all of Taylor Jenkins' books five stars. Okay, but which one of them is your favorite? Well, let's wait. Let's wait until we do Carrie Soto, and then we can go through and we can... Okay, but that. like we keep every time we keep talking about our star, we already know system. what our favorites are. And but it's like I I like giving that space because it's like there is going to be one of these four that I like more than the others, yeah. and I want to be able to express that in my ratings. Fair, but they all deserve five. Star. They're all amazing. There's just some that are more. They can't all just be equally awesome and all my favorite. It doesn't work that way. So, but the writing is all five stars. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The books are five stars, but I have a favorite. That's... But we'll get into that. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, wait. How did you like it? Well, I gave it five stars. I So I, I'm the same as you. Malibu Rising isn't my favorite of the core four. It, it's the one book, because I reread them all before we filmed this these podcasts. And just like the first time I read Malibu Rising, it took me a hot minute to get into this one again. For some reason, I don't get sucked into the story as quickly for Malibu Rising as the other three. But at the same time, when I do get sucked in, I'm absolutely completely obsessed. I absolutely love the Rivas. I I mean, all of them except for Mick. And I love the aesthetic of Malibu Rising over the other books' aesthetics. Like, I love the surfing and the, like, the Hollywood vibes, like, the Hollywood Hills, the... I don't know. I just love the vibe of Malibu Rising. You know what? I feel like the reason why neither of us got into Malibu Rising as quickly um, mm-hmm. as these other ones is kind of you, you hit the nail on the head by saying like, oh, my God, this is the only book that doesn't have yep. a titular character. Yep. Right. It's all four of them. But then, like, you also bring the parents in and their yep. story and everything and like their parents with the restaurant. Yeah. So you kind of need to have like the full picture of this family and their situations and how they interweave uh, with one another to be like, oh shit! Like this is this is what's happening. Yeah, this yeah. is what's gonna go down. This is I, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. Yeah, um, there's whereas, a little bit of character building as opposed to the other ones. You didn't have to do it as like spread out. Well, yeah. I mean, with the other ones, it's like here's Evelyn Hugo. Here's the situation. Yeah. Um. Sure, we're gonna get to the seven husbands, but like, who cares about the seven husbands anyway? Literally. But like, you're, you're introduced to Evelyn Hugo, and you're like, all right, this is this is the. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, but with this, you have to learn Nina, Jay, Hud, Kit, June, Mick. Like they all have their own story, and you sort of have to wait and be patient. But yeah, it just it takes me a hot minute to get into this one. But genuinely, I do really, really love it. Um, and I think there's a lot to discuss, especially with this book and relationships. I think oh, yeah. that's really interesting. I was just curious, like, what did you think of the Rivas? Who were your favorites of them? Oh, I definitely loved you. Uh, wait. Hud. Hud. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Judd, Jay, wait, uh, wait, what's the, the brother's name is Jay. Jay is the brother. Hud is the one that's adopted. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, very much, very much loved Hud. The quiet photographer. Quiet photographer. Well, yeah, yeah, come on. He's and so sweet. He's just, he's just out there. He's fine with being behind the camera. Yeah. Behind the camera and on front. And like, you know, I'm sure he's like, I think it said that he is like a great surfer mm-hmm. unto himself but yeah. he's never like okay put me in front of the camera yeah he's just doing actually you know what i i also really love kit kit is the best i love kit she's a little badass yeah and then jay is just like I a like little jay too. 
too much. I don't know. Jay's going through a lot. He, he Jay just finds out that he has a heart condition and can't surf anymore. He's he's having an identity crisis throughout this book. That is very true. He is yeah. going through quite a bit. But you, you're right. He's not as adorable and lovable as, as the other ones. Yeah, I get you. Just a dude. But he's still... Like, the thing is, is Jay, he might be, like, the least lovable. That's awful to say. Out of the four. But at the same time, he's also incredibly kind to Nina. And, like, was always stepped up to support her because she was... Um, like spoiler but after june passes and mick's no longer in the picture uh nina has to take over and take care of the four of them drops out of school and everything at 17 and jay does he really does try to help and when he makes mistakes like when he crashes the car you can tell like he feels so bad whereas if it was parents and like mick a rock star if it had been that dynamic of him the parents i doubt jay would have cared as much like it wouldn't have been he wouldn't have had as much empathy yeah, that that's very true. That, it, I mean, I'm assuming, but that's sort of how it feels to me. Yeah, it just again, it goes back to the whole man. These kids, like, because yeah. a kid's gonna crash a car, totally, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, he's just in a in a place where that mean that hits so much harder because, like, now you know that your yeah, like teenage sister is gonna have to deal with that too. Yeah, because you don't really feel that much what empathy, I guess. We're really throwing that word around here to your parents when especially when your dad's a freaking rock star oh god yeah like if things were very different and that's who he was like coming home to to tell he crashed the car it would just be very different dynamic i think but yeah before hang on before we get too into the the like children because i feel like we want to talk a lot about those four we should talk about june and mick and like the start of this and why the four kids are on their own um what did you think of mick and june's love story Oh, man, the one thing that really stuck with me was the whole getting a bathroom with two sinks Aww, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how she just wanted that so badly. I don't think I've ever lived in a house with a bathroom with two sinks. Oh. I've seen them. They oh. exist. But... I've, I've definitely lived in them. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it's you It's a pretty common so thing. Rich. I did it at all. I think I lived with them outside of on my own. Oh, whoa. Like, I'm Damn. pretty sure. Yeah. Anyways, it just happens sometimes when you get the ensuite that has a yeah. bathroom attached. Usually it's like a double sink. And I'm sure in the, what would it have been, like the 60s yeah. when they were, when that part of the story was happening. And he was, was like, special. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you that second fucking sink, girl. Aww, and he did. Yeah. And then, um, well, they were together before he like became famous. Yeah, that's so, right. So, you know, it's unfortunately it's that classic story. And we touched on it in... Daisy Jones, mm-hmm. where you start a relationship while someone is pursuing something that could potentially make them famous. I feel like there's always issues in relationships when someone finds fame, finds fortune, yeah. and they're with someone um, that they were with before that. And that would be great if they, if that relationship continues to work and they can kind of be like your grounding force and they can be there with you. And you can trust that they're not just with you for your money, your fame. Yeah, like when in um, Daisy Jones, how Camilla was there for Billy. Billy? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that sounded wrong. So many names. Little Billiam. How she stayed with him through all of it and through his life changing and their life changing. And she was like the grounding force for him. But then you see for Evelyn Hugo, that wasn't the case with like Don Adler, who was threatened by the changes in her success and became abusive. Like you, I think she touches on like how people can handle the fame as the like partner. And this is one of the examples where June 
had the potential to stay and be a Camilla, but Mick was no Billy. Mick. Well, I mean, yeah, true. But like Mick (laughs) and Billy were both kind of doing the same things at one point. But but Camilla was able to pull Billy back down to earth and keep him grounded, whereas Mick was just off the reins. Yeah, he could not be off the reins. Is that the saying? Off the rails. Off the rails. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, for me on Mick and June, I loved their love story at the beginning, like when they were young and he was pursuing her and she wanted to get out of having the family restaurant. And that was like her dream. And he was like, they were getting it together. They were figuring it out. But in my opinion, by the end of it, it's no longer a romance. It's a tragedy. It ends in her death because she's so devastated. Oh, God. Yeah. If you look at it that way, it wasn't actually a romance. You just no. look at their like courtship their relationship their marriage Mm -hmm. it is absolutely a tragedy because that's that's where her story ends right so yeah did you think june was naive or stupid oh no i I don't think she was stupid at all like especially when you think back to when they would have started dating you know the 50s 60s it is like that's you get into those relationships and when you start like dating steady you're thinking like, am I going to marry this person in the next like year? Yeah. Cause it's just, it's just that quick and oh yeah. Like he wants to be uh, a musician and like, that's so fun. And he's probably like a bit more romantic than most other guys yeah. around for her to choose in like the early sixties. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're, yeah. I think she was just very young like, well, when this all happened. I think that's the thing is she's just naive and like young. I don't think she's I think like obviously there was the parts where she turned to alcoholism which was hard to read um and and you just want June to pull it together for the kids and she just couldn't quite do it which was really heartbreaking and that's why I essentially called it a tragedy um but yeah I I felt for June I am I had a lot of empathy for her whereas Mick just like he just got worse and worse as the book went on and I just despised him um, well, as much credit as we need to give Nina for carrying uh, yeah. the family through after uh, her mother passed. She started carrying it before her mother passed, That's too. That's true, too. Like, yeah. I think she was carrying quite a bit. But I feel like June at least, like, set them up pretty well um, to, like, be the kind of people who could do that, who yeah. could get by um, and, like, not reach out to Mick to, like, take his money. I, I remember reading that where June was like, I don't, I don't want to, like... Mm-hmm you know, go after Mick for child support or alimony. Yeah. When it's like, he's a fucking rock star. Yeah. Go, he's so get rich. Get that bag. It's so frustrating. And then but they're I get struggling. It. Yeah. It really touched me that one part when June, um, they the, when they tried surfing, remember for the first time and they all four kids were obsessed with surfing and they asked for surfboards for Christmas because they all shared one mm-hmm. that was like abandoned on the beach yeah. for a long time. And then she somehow and the kids never knew how she found a way to buy each of them a new surfboard. And they all like had a different color, I think is what it was. I don't remember how she found a way. How, I, how they she... never tell you. Oh, that's the thing is they don't Uh-oh. tell you. Okay. So like so that's the thing is June would do anything for her kids. Who knows if it was like you know sell something at or like sell something at the at the restaurant or like work extra shifts who knows what she did but she found a way to get them more surfboard she like stole those surfboards i doubt she stole them I no because june didn't. was like she reminded me of like a, a less strong nina in a way like nina became a stronger version of her mother and, and then and then had further growth at the end yeah. of the book but 
And I, you know, I, I wonder if that had to happen in the absence of her mother. Right? Totally, yeah. totally. Um, but I do, I, I think that like also the mom buying them the surfboards as the Christmas gift also laid um, into another relationship I sort of want to talk or led into another relationship I want to talk about, which is each of the siblings um, relationship with surfing because that's like a huge theme in the book is is surfing and each one had a different sort of relationship with surfing whereas Nina she didn't want to do it professionally but it did lead to her modeling career because she was so stunning but she loved surfing to get away from everyone to get out on the water and to calm herself down and the stresses of every day whereas Jay became a professional surfer he was incredible HUD was an awesome surfer but he ended up liking taking photos of his siblings surfing like he found his way and then kit at the end you learn she's also going to become a professional surfer like that's the track and jay is going to be her coach like each one of them has a really distinct relationship with surfing which i thought was interesting and it all came from june being able to get them surfboards when she didn't have the money for it yeah and i feel like the siblings relationship with surfing help their relationships with each other because it's here's this thing that we share mm-hmm. um this passion this sport that yeah. we're all doing and we can all do together in fact i think during because this entire story at least the present day part of it yep. all happens over the course of one day and i'm pretty sure like all of the kids surfed at some point i even can't just even in remember, that one day yeah yeah probably yeah and like you know you would see them go and they would go when they when they needed it most. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Here's yeah, here's a way for me to get away." Yeah, and yes, like that's that was Nina's main uh, reason for it. But I feel like there was that in all of them. But it literally that surfing is what paid their bills because Nina was modeling as a surfer in surf oh. magazines. Yeah. So like it's just so interesting. Um, but I was also wanted to ask after June died and the siblings were left on their own, Nina drops out of high school, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And what do you, okay, so this was my thought process because if you remember in the book, the whoever she like I can't remember who it was, but it was like the guidance counselor, or the principal or something was like, just don't let and it be obvious that you kids don't have a parent, that Mick yeah. isn't the guardian. What did you think of the school ignoring that situation, not giving them help, and letting them do their own thing? Like, nowadays, there's no shot that would happen. Well, that's what I was gonna about to get at. Like, <laughs> it's the fucking 80s. Let's go. Yeah, hey, but you know, like, kids, like, as long as you guys can keep yourselves fed and yeah. sheltered, then yeah, sure, go for it, you know? Totally. And, and I am, like, reading it, though. I was glad they left because I wanted the four siblings to stay together desperately. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that that was their best shot was being a family unit, um, but at the same time, I like can't believe that that happened. Even though I was glad it happened, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's also it's tough nowadays to think back to uh, seven, like to think of seventeen-year-olds as like having their shit together. But some seventeen-year-olds yeah. really have their shit together. Yeah, she had to grow up quick. And I think it might have been a call from the principal or guidance counselor or whoever. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is Nina Riva we're talking about here. Like, yeah. if anyone can get their siblings through, it's her. Yeah. And yeah, what would the other choice have been? Like foster care. Yeah. I mean, they have a house. Yeah, it's they got true. their surfboards. Yeah, yeah, and she like she drove them to school. She made sure their their homework was done. She forged Mick's signature. Remember on like everything yeah. she needed to like learn, and they were all like, "No, like this this sibling does it best." I can't remember who, but anyways, uh, what did you think of Nina's relationship with all of the siblings? Like June aside, Mick aside, just Nina with each sibling. Um, what did you think of it? 
to be honest, like I I know that you know we've already touched on how Jay was like, oh shit, like mm-hmm. like there was not very much of that uh, sibling animosity that you would usually see no, um, if there were you know parents there. Where if Jay crashes the car, he gets shit from his parents, and then like you know the older sister would be like, "Yeah, you idiot," and then he would shut up. Yeah, you know, like, that's like the general sibling relationship that uh, you would expect. But again, with the absence of parents, yes, Nina really had to yeah. step up, but so did everyone else. Totally, really. one of them was doing like laundry. The other one was doing I can't remember, but they all actually had tasks that they had to do. And I thought that was so clever as they wanted to stay together so desperately that you didn't see the sibling rivalry. You didn't see, you only saw them coming together as a family and a family unit, which I was absolutely obsessed with in this book is because they all stepped up just to stay together. Yeah. And I I feel like, especially when it comes to the breakdown of like chores and it's like, okay, Jay, you don't want to do the laundry. Well now like one of your three siblings has to do that on top of their chore. Literally. So you're just kind of being a dick here. Mm -hmm. Whereas the dynamic is very different with parents and like, yeah, you're still kind of being a dick as a teenager to not want to do your own laundry and then like making your mom do it. And we can get into like a lot of the whole patriarchal society. And I think it was one of the the boys though that did laundry. I want to say it was Hutter Jay. No, I just more mean like... But but I know. Yeah. That, but I thought that was interesting, though, in the book, that it wasn't one of the girls, because there was two girls, two guys, and the, like, ironic, or not ironic, the stereotypical female jobs actually went to the boys in the house that stepped up and did it, and this was in, what, the 80s? Well, like, unfortunately, I the stereotypical awesome. jobs around the house are for women, or all the jobs around yeah, the I house. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, especially in the 80s. So uh, a man doing any sort of uh, housework is like, oh, wow, breaking the... I loved it. I read it and I was like, go off. Gender conventions. No, I'm, I'm very glad that like they, they did. But They did the bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm stoked about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's easy to be like, oh, I don't want to do my laundry. And, that, and if you have parents and then the parents are like, okay, we'll do the laundry and like get mad at you. And that's just kind of how it normally breaks down very different energy though yeah, yeah. very different energy and I it, it was it. nice to see and i feel like they probably um grew closer oh, totally. because of it for sure they were insanely close i loved um personally i loved kit and nina's relationship just because nina is this like beautiful sun stunning supermodel and then kit is this dorky young girl who doesn't feel pretty in her own skin and that's like a big part of the party that night is she like goes to nina for like help on looking you know pretty or whatever and nina helps her so easily without like she's totally unfazed by it because she doesn't see kit as like anything but perfect i also just realized too that we're talking 1983 here yeah so when we're talking like supermodel and like doing a makeover like, I was never picturing it in my head because, like, I was never of the 80s. But now yeah. I'm realizing, like, they probably did her hair up like crazy yeah. and, like, had the what, like, sequins and I, I don't even know. 80s style. Yeah, 80s sure, style we'll go sequins. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I thought that was really cute, their relationship. And the fact that we haven't even touched on this really, but HUD being adopted and how not for one second in that book did he not feel like their real full sibling. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was kind of full circle. Well, not even full circle, just like the fact that it happened again with um, mm-hmm. Casey, I Casey, think the name was, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. at the very end, showing up to the party and being like, yeah, I'm I'm a Mick bastard too. Yeah. Um, can There's I join the game? There's probably a lot more yeah. than just them too. And then they're all like, yeah, get on in here. Let's, Literally. Uh, let's go. Um, Fucking Mick. Also, 
Um, we also have to talk about um, Jay's ex, Ashley, who HUD is in love with and has just recently got pregnant in the book, is what we find out. And Jay doesn't know yet. And HUD is coming to terms the night of the party, finding out that Ashley's pregnant. Yeah, that's a pretty sticky situation. Especially because those two are like the same age, because HUD's the, the one that's... Um, adopted they're the same age and they grew up as best friends so that like to me is like the ultimate betrayal in a way but also jay is so like whatever about girls almost to like a mick level you see like jay act more like mick than hud so it's like hard i don't i don't empathize with jay at all in that situation yeah me neither i was like get it hud like i had no anyways it was interesting i think the real tough thing there isn't like that hud would have feelings for ashley yeah. It's that he I I think that the real betrayal there in this situation and other situations like it say someone's dating a friend of theirs is ex is just like not communicating about it. Yeah. Like it's it's weird to feel like something's been held behind your back for so long and although like yeah it's <laughs> it's also tough to be like hey man I want to you know the ex did did Ashley break up with him or did she or did he she break broke up with Ashley? I, th- I think I think it was he broke up with her. I feel like he broke up, and with I think Ashley. that that's um, important. Yeah, I can't remember though. Don't quote us yeah. on that. But either way, they weren't serious, and you can very much tell that Hud's in love with Ashley, whereas Jay just like casually dated her, like yeah. it wasn't a serious thing. So I thought that was really interesting throughout the entire episode that Nina also spotted it, knew that. Hud was dating Ashley knew that Jay would get upset like she saw it all throughout the party and knew it was going to be like a massive a little on the nose but a fire that she has to put out um so but yeah like I just thought that was so interesting that Nina could just like spot that and then like knowing that Jay would get upset again like is that because things were being held from him like you know hidden from him or is that also like a weird toxic masculinity thing of it like could be how, how dare you? And Jay's just yeah. a little bit more hot tempered, I think, than everyone else. Is yeah. sort of what I picked up in like, the book. Like his father. Literally, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is Jay is like the most like Mick, but because he grew up with those other siblings and with June in his life, he didn't turn out like Mick. Oh my God! They saved him from Le- from <laughs> the fate of his father. And Jay could have. And also, he was about to be, like, a really famous professional surfer and then had the heart condition, so couldn't go on. So we actually will never see him be as famous as Mick to see what he would have done. So that oh, also kind of saved him I never even thought of those parallels, though, of him <laughs> becoming, like, this rich and famous. And... I don't know if it was supposed to be written that way, but that's how I read it, is he was the most, like, Mick. Because I'm always like, which one's going to be, like, their parent? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm weird that like, way. Superstar, charismatic, attractive, like, conventionally attractive. I think they're all stunning, probably. And Jay's, like, again, super tall, I remember. Actually, I think Jay and Hutt are both really tall. But mentioned. again, I'm also thinking, like, stunning for the 80s. Totally. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Have you seen some celebrities in the 80s? How hot they were, yeah. though? Like, okay. They're fine. Um, so another relationship that we should talk about is Nina and her ex-husband. 
So that was like a big bomb because the ex-husband is also in the next book. We're going to talk about Carrie Soto. Um, But the whole thing is I think she was distracted and couldn't jump in to like be there for Jay and Hud in that situation because her ex-husband showed up at the party and like publicly asked for her back. Yeah. And fuck that guy because that is straight up manipulation. It's manipulation. He like literally, what does he do? Get on like a table and yells about how, yells like how Nina should take him back and everybody starts chanting. Yeah, and, like, he knows, like, oh, if you were to do the normal thing of, hey, like, I'm back. I know this is tough. Can we have a quiet, mature conversation, just the two of us in a room? Yeah, he knows that, like, that's not how it's going to play out. So he, like, uses uh, the crowd to... That made me so mad. And I was so happy to see Nina's character arc. It also drew the parallel between June and Mick because June would always take Mick back. He shows back up. She takes him back. So I was like, oh, God, Nina, don't do a June. Don't take him back. Yeah. And then she doesn't in the end. And I was like, thank God. I cannot handle another, like, weak woman. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Sorry, Come on now. I know. And it's very different circumstances because, I like, know, you know, know. The June had kids. But Nina's character arch was just, I thought it was amazing. It was chef's kiss for me watching her and also having her siblings let her have that growth. Like at the end, they're like, they're like, you should sell the restaurant. Mom never even wanted it anyways. Get rid of it. You hate it. Like leave the country. And where does she go? She goes to Portugal, I think, at the end. Yeah. I mean, that restaurant was just this huge metaphor for like feeling held down, stuck by like familial obligation. Totally. And it's like, yeah, no, like we don't. Yeah. They're fine without it. Like they didn't even need it anymore. Well, they definitely needed it when, you know, at the the start. And it's amazing for them to have one had that passed down from their mom and their grandparents even to like continue to help them survive totally and all work together in that pursuit but then yeah like kind of jumping out of that nest right? well, i was so happy to hear that they were gonna sell it that they all agreed um oh sorry and we were talking about hud and ashley and ashley getting pregnant do you think another parallel because i can't help make these between mick and june with all the siblings what do you think hud's relationship with his future child would be like compared to mick with hud who he abandoned Oh, God, he's going to love that. Hud's going to be be the the best best dad. I know. It's so funny. He like, because usually it's like kids turn out like there's their parents or it used to be like that a lot. Um, And I think these kids are the exact opposite of their parents now. Like Hud is not going to leave Ashley's side. Well, until Hud gets like super rich and famous (laughs) from (laughs) photography and then, you know, ditches his kid and wife. Oh, my God, the cycle repeats. No, (laughs) No, absolutely not. Hud would never do that, though. And I loved seeing that. I thought that was really good. Also, uh, Mick does come into the party, um, but because Kit su- oh, secretly God. invites uh, Mick and he ends up showing up, why do you think he even came? Like, I still am like, because she, I think she says she's invited him all years prior. Why did, why now? I think that there might have been something in there about why now, and I can't, I can't remember, remember what. Yeah. But honestly, I would assume. For a guy like Mick, he might have just been, like, in the area. He might have been... And he showed us up at 2 a.m. 2 a. Yeah. So he was probably, like, 
off doing something else and then was like, oh, you know, this party's happening and I can maybe just go see my kids. Like, I don't think that a guy like Mick puts very much thought into anything that he does. Yeah, I kept thinking that maybe, you know, he's getting older, his kids are getting older, June's gone, nobody wants him anymore. Like, at that point, I thought maybe he was like, because he says he wants a relationship with the kids and I think he just like screwed it up so bad um and then he genuinely is like lonely and wants like a relationship with his kids but even you're right comes at 2 a.m doesn't even put the full effort in yeah i i think you're right there where yeah it was like he had you know fallen right like yes he's still yeah. a superstar but he's yeah so very alone and totally. But you can't think of your kids and your family as this like backup no. for when you're feeling lonely. Like, no. all right, I'll, I'll I'll pop into their lives now. After I've destroyed their life for the last 17 years or whatever, however long he's been gone. Yeah. Um. I also, like, I my jaw was on the floor reading. He didn't even recognize Kit. He didn't even know oh, what God. Kit looked like. Oh, poor Kit. Like, and she was the one to invite him. Yeah, so she walks up and realizes he doesn't even know who she is. And it takes him a few seconds to even realize that it's his freaking daughter. I was shook. I don't remember that exact scene, but like, was he weird about it? Was Mick? he like, oh, here's he, this like, like he, hot young thing? And No, 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 no. Okay, it wasn't good. creepy. Okay. I don't think so. Because she comes up and says something to him. And then he's, she can like see that his confusion on his face. And then he figures it out. But she likes, it's enough that she knows he did not recognize his own daughter. And then he goes, of course I know you. I held you when you were born. Like blah, blah, blah. Or something along those lines. He says, and she's just like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Which I think is good for her because she was the youngest. So she didn't remember Mick. Whereas Nina remembers Mick coming back Mm -hmm. and then leaving again and also seeing the downfall of June. Like, Nina remembers all that. I think maybe Jay and Hud kind of do, but Kit didn't. She was too young. So I feel like that was, like, her unfortunate seeing of of Mick. Well, yeah, and she kind of needed that. She kind of needed to see, like, how dangerous and, and cruel and bad her dad is. Totally. And I did love that Kit took the agency upon herself to be the one to invite Nick secretly every year, uh, like just in case. Yeah, because I'm sure to her, yeah, like to her, she she doesn't have those memories, those traumatic memories from childhood of the dad coming back and then things going bad and him leaving again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm sure she's like, I I I don't know, like I haven't I haven't seen all this. Yeah. So it it happened to her, and then it, it also happened to HUD, and then it now happened to Casey. Casey. Yeah. What did you think of Casey's character? Did you like Casey? Do you think they're going to accept her as their own? I think they'll definitely accept her as their own. I don't yeah. really honestly. I think they're like, old now, so it won't be the same. How old was Casey? I mean, I mean, they're probably all around the same age. I assume they're all like, I think they're all early 20s at this time, right? Yeah, I could see Casey being like late teens. Yeah, maybe. So um, I feel like, but they all grew up and like struggled together. Casey's kind of coming in as they're about to just like spread out and do their own thing. So I could see her getting in with like Kit and getting in with Jane Hunt might be different for Nina now that she's, you know, international at that point. Yeah, I don't think there was really too much to Casey's character. Um it was more of a that symbol I really remember. that Mick sucks. Yeah, and if anything, <laughs> she uh, operated as the the reader's like stand-in at this party because it's like, yeah. whoa, look at all these celebrities and this crazy stuff going on. Yeah, and I'm just like a random person here. I totally. So it was kind of nice to have someone like that there, like the 
every person yeah, every like day how, how we would have acted had we been at yeah, that party totally i mean they had a few of those sprinkled in too in the storyline with like the server um helping give out coke to all the guests from that one guy who was like nobody paid attention to and he was like brought a bunch of coke to the party just like absolute chaos oh just those parties man <laughs> um but also speaking of all of this the book starts the way the book ends with a fire as we know did you so the whole book i was like i wonder who freaking started this fire and what happened did you think it was mick i would like to say that i did but i, did I, I don't think i, I did. didn't even think he'd show up that's honestly how little like faith i had in mick i you know what though i was i think all throughout because the fire is all is constantly referenced and then this crazy party is constantly referenced. Yeah. So you kind of just assume that like the party goes to absolute shit. Like you ever yeah. see Project X? Of course I did. Yeah. And absolutely that's what I thought. So pretty much that yeah. part. And it's interesting that like, no, that's not how it happened. The party was wild, but then like, you know, it was already people, shut down. Like people are waking up. No, because like, the cops were there. So it was like literally shut down as they were having their reunion. Yeah. Because people were like getting arrested while they were out back with Mick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, yeah seven in the morning. It's two in the and morning. And then it's, no, no, it was seven in the morning when the fire started and the, and the cops showed up. But I thought Mick came at two. Yeah, Mick came at two, but like. They were then, there for five hours? I think so. That can't be I don't right. know. This was in the spark notes that I was reading. Maybe it was at 7 a.m. they put out the fire. I don't know about time. I think it, it was 7 a.m. when finally <laughs> Mick left and then flicked his cigarette yeah. butt. And then that's when things started. What, do you, what did you think that it was Mick that. Of course, he shows up once and burns down the fucking house. Yeah. And like... Like, what the symbolism is just absolutely insane to me. Well, I also think just how we were thinking, like, that the fire started from this crazy big dramatic thing. No, that's not the case. It was one careless, Spark. like, yep. shitty flick of a cigarette butt. And I feel like that that is so symbolic for how Mick treats his family Mm-hmm. Where to him it's like oh like this is just like a little thing no big deal like whatever. But he's such a f- and it idiot. carries such um, ripples. Yeah, I just thought it was the the irony that it was Mick. Like it was obviously yeah. written that way. I just thought it was wild. I did r- listen to I can't remember if it was a TikTok or a podcast, but somebody was talking about how this book is like a big theme is celebrity culture mm. because you get a lot of perspectives because this is like a celebrity party that everyone wants to go to. And the irony is is Nina doesn't even want to be there and she's the biggest celebrity. She freaking hates it. She wish it wasn't happening. Jay and Hud are like kind of excited but not. Kit is like terrified. Like they're not even and all these people are like dying to get into this party and just to see them and like the t- it's like so many references of like and you saw blah 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 from blah 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 and yeah. like they reference like the drummer from Daisy Jones is there in the six and um, they reference just like so many different things. I just thought it was very interesting like the take on celebrity culture in this book specifically compared to the other ones because it's more you do see the point of view of the people idolizing them and like wanting to go to their party forever and like it being so iconic um i just thought that was a really interesting part of it i could see the party being almost like a condemnation of celebrity culture and like everyone wanting to like be rich and famous because you know that that's somewhat what destroyed the family in the first place yeah and these parties started not as that no like they were they were these small things, these small yeah. get-togethers. They were just annual, and then like more and more people got invited. And totally. Well, I guess no one really got invited. They no, were, that's the thing. Yeah, which is it's you, if you fun. know the address, you're invited. Um, but it also like the thing is, is 
after I like sat back and thought about that is was anyone even having fun at this fucking party like if you think about it it was just people trying to be noticed so that people will talk about them and people terrified or nervous and people excited to see celebrities there was no like authentic fun party aspect I'm, I'm sure that the drummer from Daisy Jones and the Six oh was God, having I love a great him. what was his freaking name again we do this every time yeah. it's um oh my god I loved him Frank he was my favorite I can't remember yeah. but and Damn. then the fact that, yeah, well, especially for, like, the main siblings, like, all of them, even in the little synopsis that we just read, like, oh, yeah, everyone's excited for this party, except for, like, the people throwing yes, the party. exactly. And, again, I think that the fact that it went up in flames at the end, and, like, that was the last party, the house is gone. Yeah. And everyone can just kind of move on with their lives in better ways especially nina i think it's a fresh start fire honestly it kind of feels that way yeah and it feels like they're she didn't even like that house remember that's the house that her ex-husband bought her and she like walked in and she was like eh, she didn't love it yeah and it's like they're throwing away or like casting aside like the the fame the fortune the yeah the kind of bullshit celebrity what have you that again like tore their family apart in the first place yeah but uh, when we first meet them at the start of the day, they're all like kind of heading towards that themselves yeah, in different really. ways and like seeing, like feeling it not be right, especially for Nina. I do think too, like if you compare Nina, Jay, Hud, and Kit to Mick, Evelyn, and Daisy Jones, Mick, Evelyn, and Daisy Jones wanted to be famous. They like Evelyn, for example, did everything she possibly could to manipulate it so she became famous. I don't think Nina, Jay, Hutt, or Kit want to be famous. They all just love surfing. Yeah. That's literally like the bottom line for them, which is so different and like contrasting to the other characters that Taylor Jenkins Reid wrote because they all have some sort of celebrity status. I just thought that was so interesting is this is like it was just very opposite from the ones we've been talking about. Yeah, well, I guess that is the question, too, because so much of celebrity and fame comes from comes through avenues uh, in arts, yeah. right? Like, I'm sure that Mick loved singing and performing and, totally. and all that, and same with Daisy Jones and yeah. um, Evelyn with acting. Totally. But there did seem to be that more specific pursuit of, of making it, you know, totally. where... Yeah. Where Nino is just trying to get by. Yeah, it was very different. I do want to mention the big confrontation at the end. Well, oh shit. Okay, there are a few things. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, get into it. I didn't write anything down for confrontations. Whoa, it's really raining. Yeah, well, welcome to Vancouver, folks. Yeah. Vancouver, more like. (laughs) Good one. Sorry, (laughs) but talk about the conflict. Um, Well, you know, Mick showing up and being like, I want into your lives. And from the kid's perspective it's like here's here's your chance but but no dad absolutely not like we don't again we don't need you anymore in fact we never really needed you i mean he even says i his excuse for leaving and not being there i remember he says i was weak or something and i remember nina said must be nice to be weak i wouldn't know because she literally couldn't and to like say that i remember that being that really stood out nice to have that privilege yeah be able to be that way but still get by yeah and it was great seeing all the kids come together including casey i think at the end yeah. was all they were all like yeah no it's it's a no from us dog 
Yeah, and um, he was like literally seeing all five of his children and, and being like, this is the repercussions of your actions staring at you through five different sets of eyes right now. Yeah. And we should also probably talk about Carrie Soto. I was going to say, but I, okay, so Carrie Soto does show up in this book and she has like a big blowout um, about, I forget what Nina's ex-husband's name is, but Brandon, Brandon, yes. Brandon cheats on Nina with Carrie Soto and they have like an affair and then Brandon comes back and Carrie Soto shows up at the party and has like a meltdown on the lawn in front of everyone. Um, What did you think of that? That wife stealing bitch, you know? I'm so glad that we only had to experience that much of her in while reading. I love Carrie Soto. I know, I it was so love, on brand for Carrie her to Soto come and do that. Too. But it's so funny because I it made me love Nina more how like she reacted to that, but also made me love Carrie more for standing up for herself because she's the, she's the polar opposite to Nina. Nina is calm and quiet and collected, and she would never have a blow up like that. Whereas Carrie gets wronged once by a guy, and she's like fuck this, shows up and like has a meltdown. Carrie didn't take Brandon back, did she? No. Oh, I think she does in the book. I think she does. Oh, Carrie. Shoot, when we, uh, we'll look it up before we get into Carrie, the Carrie Soto Carrie's one. got some very interesting. But Carrie has a really <laughs> weird relationship with men. Yeah. But uh, I do, there was like a quote, I actually wrote it down about Carrie Soto. And it said, Nina didn't hate Carrie Soto for stealing her husband because husbands can't be stolen. Carrie Soto wasn't a thief. Brandon Randall was a traitor. That's how Nina saw it. Like she didn't hate Carrie Soto. I wish that more people saw it that way totally. in any of these situations. A hundred percent. I was, I literally wrote that down when I was reading it because I was like, that is like the, some of the stuff or, um, Taylor Jenkins read, writes when it sings like that. I don't know what it is about her writing, but it lands with me because she writes it in a way to be like, it's almost like how we wish society would react to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I loved, I loved that, but I thought that was epic that she could see that. Maybe that's why we love, uh, TJR's. For oh, so much because it's it. its own universe of yeah. people reacting properly and reasonable, reasonably, yep. or at least our um, protagonists acting in yeah. uh, in ways that uh, are cathartic. Yep, yep, for sure. I also loved that this book was very much about found family. Like, sorry, I know we're talking about the end battle. Battle, I'm calling it like Harry Potter, like the <laughs> end big battle. Um, but it was very much like. The Battle of Malibu. Yeah. She says something like family is found, whether it be blood or circumstance or choice. What binds us does not matter. All that matters is that we are bound. I literally have it in front of me and I've, I messed it up. But I just love how that's basically what this was, is they did not have to stay together so closely and be so... I guess they were still family. But bringing Casey in... Well, again, as, as a sibling of four yeah um yeah you do you do kind of move away from each other a bit uh, literally and figuratively yeah they stayed very much together you become adults in your early 20s so and it is a choice it's a choice it's found it's a choice i think that's what she's getting at and i wonder if part of that if that was part of the reason why nina was hesitant to take off to portugal because oh, she'd be away from did. her siblings but totally i'm sure it's gonna be hard for her but I think, and I'm sure it's going to be hard for the siblings too, but the fact that all of them got together and were like, hey, Nina, like, go. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. I think I love it. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about about the end conflicts? Like mm. with Hud and Jay? 
I can't remember how that ended, actually. I, they, like, f- actually fought. Physically fought. Physically yeah, because fought. Mick pulled them apart. Yeah, and they were like, what are you doing Literally, here? it, like, stopped the fight because they were like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and then, but then they, they you know, I think their up. hate for, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, their hate for Mick <clears throat> brought them back to the same side. Yeah. If Yeah, that's what happened. So I feel Thanks, like. Thanks, Mick. Like, totally. And, and I think, yeah, they realize that their bond is too important. So, I but I don't see HUD backing down from the Ashley situation. Oh, absolutely not. He, yeah. Won't. he won't be like Mick. I think that was just a reminder that they need to stick together, but also that he needs to be there for that baby. Well, I think everyone also saw that, like, Jay, chill out, dude. Like, Yeah, Jay was being a little baby. Time. Oh, and then Jay had Laura. Oh, yeah, and, and like, Laura didn't was... like him. Well, Laura did like him, but, like, she wasn't, like... She wasn't. She didn't want to date him because he tried to date her, and she was like, no, thanks. Yeah, and I, I loved Laura. I thought that was epic. I, I was thought like, it was Go great. Off, like, everyone's getting pregnant and married or divorced and, like, all, this, like, all nah, this drama. And Laura's like, yeah, no, like, we can hook up. This like, seems chaotic. You're chill. <laughs> like me and her, I'll come to your family's party, but, like, yeah. whoa, dude. Yeah, um, dead. So it was nice having that little bit of a levity almost of, like, yeah. here is here is a relationship where that that. It's just what a normal, like, early 20-something relationship should kind of be. Like, it's, I mean, in the 80s, though, you're right. It was, like, a year of dating and then marriage really fast. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I thought Laura was a cool character. You're right. That was awesome. So, obviously, Jay's going through a lot of stuff, though, with that <laughs> yeah. rejection. And, and then... his heart condition. Yeah. His brothers. Yeah, like, Jay doesn't have an easy time. Jay's with, or Hud's with his ex. She's pregnant. And we haven't even talked about Kit. Oh my Finding god, Kit. I mean, th- I feel like there's more, t- like, I feel, I wish there was more of a Kit story in the future to find out more, because it really was sort of a cliffhanger on Kit's story in a way, in my opinion. Like, she, you know, reached out to Nina, she asked her for support to look cute for the party, had fun at the party. She wanted, Did she end up having her first kiss? I don't think she, so. I think she did have a first kiss, not with the guy that she wanted, but someone else. I can't remember. And then she wasn't that into it. And then went and had a first kiss with a lady. Oh, right. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then she decided she's going to go pro and focus on stuff. And then Jay is going to support her. Um, so that was like a big Kit era. And then Kit was the one who who wanted Nina to go. She was like, we're fine. Go. Yeah. She was like the final like push. And then similar to Laura with like taking a step back from all the all the intense drama. Yeah. Kit's story was so cute and fun and nice of like oh, just this. So sweet. It's like a coming of age high school party movie. Yeah. But like instead of that, she's had this big celebrity blowout thing and her dad shows up that she's never yeah. seen and I think that just shows that. that Nina saved her childhood a little bit she's still got that childish spark to her mm-hmm. that's still like innocence is still there it's not completely gone yeah and I think we do have to give it up to old TJR because again this is the the one of the four core books that has uh, multiple protagonists and in every way they're all very much protagonists they're all dealing with yeah. their own stuff and yeah. she did quite develop all of them. Yeah, I know. Like, even just thinking, like, wow, like, you know, the story from Kit's perspective, again, is, like, more of a coming-of-age. Totally. I mean, it's all technically coming-of-age, but yeah, very different drama than Nina's, although they're all dealing with the same drama of fucking Mick Riva. I hate that guy. In every book, Evelyn Hugo... 
I can't wait this for the one. fifth book to come out about <laughs> Mick. God, no. I do have theories, though, that because it was, we could talk about this, but it was Evelyn started in like the 50s, 60s, and then Daisy Jones was the 70s, right? Oh, God. Are you getting at the fact that it's going to be the early 2000s? No, because this was one? the 80s. Yeah, but so Terry Soto's like, the 90s. Oh, you're right. So, so if she did one. another one, it would be like early 2000s. And I, I was like so curious if there was someone at this party who it, the book could have been about. Like I thought maybe there wasn't enough about Casey Green, the sibling. Like she could be one for the next one because she is quite young, we figured out. So she would be like in her what? Her, her 30s in the 2000s? like early 30s um but there was also some other people at the party like um ashley's unborn daughter would be 20 by the time you know yeah, it would be true. in the 2000s like i just was curious but i really don't think tjr is writing anymore of this yeah universe. i also i also like that and again we'll get more into this at the end of next episode because that's mm-hmm. when we'll wrap up taylor jenkins read but I I love how she's pulling characters to write about that like really don't have that much of an impact or you don't feel like before reading Carrie Soto that you need to have read Malibu Rising. But no, if it were, I read Malibu, Malibu Rising first before all the other ones accidentally. It's the third one to come out? Yeah, so okay. I read that, then I read Daisy Jones, then I read Evelyn Hugo, and then I read Carrie Soto. What I'm getting at is, like, you don't really <laughs> feel like you missed out on backstory that you no. might need. But I feel like if, if any of the next characters were, say, Casey or Ashley's unborn kid, yeah, you probably would want to read Malibu Rising in those situations to get that backstory. Because there depends. is so much there. It depends, like, how they write it. Like, if, say, it is Ashley's unborn child and her and Hud are no longer together, so it's just, like, Ashley and the baby's story, that's totally separate. You wouldn't even need it. I would feel like... But Hud would never leave, if so you then I don't went, think she'll do If you that. read that fifth book, if it was about that person, though, and then you hit Malibu Rising, you would feel, oh, shit, I read these out of order. I mean, yeah, it's always best to read everything, and, like, I wish that I had read them in the right order the first time. I did the next time, but, yeah, I don't know. I I just think, all in all, like, it's so hard, the fact of saying that this is your least favorite book, and also my least favorite book of the four, but, yeah, it's so good. Like, we had so much to talk about. This is why we are starting with... (laughs) The old TJR universe. Yeah, literally. Anyways, to wrap it up, is there anything else that you want to say or can I wrap her up? I think that's uh, that's it for me, so go for it. Okay, well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Read the Room. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, leave a review. Uh, your feedback means everything to us, and it helps us be more discoverable online. Um, and don't forget to connect with us on social media. Um, and that's everything. Thanks for listening. Just do this again sometime. <laughs> there it is. There you go.